Good morning, Northern Hills. Hey, it's great to be with you. My name is Brandon. I am part of the teaching team here at the church. I'm our Connections pastor as well. So if I have not met you, uh, come introduce yourself to me after service. I'd love to get to know who you are and uh, what brought you here to Northern Hills Church. We are starting a new teaching series this week. And we are going to partner with a resource. Uh, Some of you already saw this on the way in. There's a a stack of books out there at one of the tables that we're going to be offering. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And it's from pastor and author Craig Groeschel. And um, I want to get into the weeds a little bit before we uh, start off and sort of give you a little context what even led to wanting to do this series. For those of you that were with us Over this past month, the month of September, we were in a series that was all about Northern Hills Mission. And we were just uh, diving into what God's called us to be as a church, uh, the way he's moving in this North Metro area, imprint within the community. And one of the things we left on last week was talking about change, about being bold agents of real change. And significant change uh, has us each taking this step moving from trying to training. That's what we talked about. And I know there was some buzz or some good, great conversations happening. I think the Holy Spirit was just moving in and through the midst of that because for a lot of us, the bulb just went on. The bulb went on to this idea of like, yeah, I've been trying a lot. I've been wanting to see significant change, but a lot of that has to do with my trying behind it. That just doesn't seem to work. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. See, we all want significant change. Uh, maybe another way to frame that is lasting change in our lives. And so I, I just believe that's the spirit moving in and through his people. Uh, those of you that are viewing this online, those of you that connect with us online, I know like, again, uh, you're in your workplace just like we are and, and in our sphere of influence. And we just want to see the change in uh, our family's lives and our, our friends' lives and, and just in our own. And so this upcoming teaching series, I think it's just become incredibly personal to me. Uh, because that's where I'm living. If you're on that journey of seeking significant change, I am on that journey with you. Uh, As I've shared many times here through the summer, this 2021 has been difficult for me, um, more than uh, the 2020 COVID year that we all experienced. And it's been difficult just because of some personal things I've gone through with my my mother specifically, but my family of origin as a whole. God's been impressing in me just a lot of different truths and a lot of different things that are rooted in me. Um, uh, One of the things that if you don't know this about me, I like to tell myself stories. And I don't know if you're like that as well, but some of the stories that I've found uh, that I tell myself, um, they're they're harmful stories. They're stories that um, I've told myself for a long time. Time. And some of you can identify with this as well. They've impacted me in, in negative ways or they've framed the way I view the world or how I even view people. And God's working. Again, God has me in process. Um, <laughs> uh, I am definitely growing and changing in this difficult year with my own. But I think it's brought it to that much more light. It's brought it to that much more bare in my life that, wow, there's some things he's shaping and molding. In me, So I don't know what stories you tell yourself. I know the ones that creep up in my mind consistently or on a daily basis are stories about who I am, uh, stories about what people think about me, stories about what my God thinks about me. And again, many of you can relate to those. And those false stories, the false stories that I tell myself, they frame the way I think, which in turn frames the way I live. So that's why this, that, that part of this process was God just bringing us into context with this resource 
uh, as a church leadership and this sort of crossing our path. I'm so grateful for God and how he put this in our path. Now, Craig Rochelle's Winning the War in Your Mind, I want to be really clear about that, uh, about this resource. The root of this resource is scripture. <laughs> Throughout Craig's book, he's continuing to navigate and mine the scriptures that uh, God has given us because those he knows and we know as a church are the things that are going to truly transform our life, the things that's going to define who we are and help maybe break or reframe the negative stories we tell ourselves. Scripture is what God is going to use to transform hearts and minds. But what's interesting is I first came across the book, it wasn't the book title. Some of us are really drawn to book titles and then either at a Barnes & Noble or when we're viewing online and clicking on maybe something new to read or, or put in our, our phone that we're going to be reading. The, 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 the title is what we're drawn to. It wasn't the title that I was drawn to as much as I was drawn to the premise of the title. So the title of the book is called Winning the War in Your Mind, but the premise is if you change your thinking, you'll change your life. And that to me just was sort of this bulb like, hmm. That's intriguing. I wonder where he's going to go with that. And I think what it forced, again, again, this process that I'm going through is I think it was just speaking to this idea, like Brandon speaking to my heart, or excuse me, God speaking to Brandon's heart, that he was just like, Brandon, this is going to allow you to dig deeper. This is going to allow you to go in places that maybe you're not as comfortable with or places you don't normally go. I just want you to dig deeper. And so that process for me started again in the new year. I think for us as a staff uh, in July is when we started digging into the book a little bit. We're still working our way through the book as a staff during our chapel time. And it's really, again, what's framed and prepared the way for this teaching series. So here's where we're going to head for the next four weeks. We're not going to head deeper into my mind, okay? I want to set the tone here. It's not going to be that kind of four weeks. Oh, my gosh, this guy needs counseling, which I do. I do. Absolutely, I do. Um, and I'm getting it. <laughs> But where we're going to head for the next four weeks is just spending more time taking a look at the way we think, how we think, and how that impacts our lives. And we talked about training last week. We believe this is a next step towards the training process, towards, as a church, how we can dig deeper in the ways we think. So winning the war in your mind. Uh, it really, I guess to, to sum up the book, it's taking you on a journey through God's word and studying the mind. So as Craig Groeschel studied the mind, and he takes us through scripture, he looks at cognitive behavior, he looks at science, um, uh, uh, all, all of these wrap up to this calling card, if you will, that he gives and frames the book around. And so I want you to write this down this morning, because I think we'll be leaning into this line quite a bit throughout this teaching series. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Write that down if you're taking notes this morning. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we tend to think, or the way I put it, the stories we tell ourselves, what we tend to think comes out in our life. And scripture would agree with this. See, this book, yeah, it's a research through God's word and cognitive behavior psychology. But what it shows us is that in our everyday, everyday, our thoughts can be related to a wrong thought process. And I think we see this play out through our world because how many of us are engaging with individuals, maybe we ourselves are living these, with relational challenges, with real high anxiety playing out in our culture. Some of us are struggling with disorders of any kind. 
Many of us have addictions. As, as I highlighted, it's all kinds of forms of anxiety, fear, scarcity, worry. And most of these, at least at some level, they can be attributed to toxic thinking. God's word says it this way in Proverbs 23, 7. He says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, as a person thinks, so is he. What do we know? We know that life so often is the reflection of these thoughts that we have. What we think can determine who we become. So in other words, if I tend to think that there's never going to be change that happens in my life, then in my life, I don't see a lot of change taking place. If you never think you have what it takes, then a lot of times you won't step into an opportunity to see if you have what it takes. For God to show you, as you step out in faith, that you do have what it takes. If you think you can't, you probably won't. But if you think you can, chances are, by the grace of God, you probably will. If you dwell on problems, the world is bad, it's getting worse. Those problems tend to overwhelm your life. But instead, if you go into life, hey, no, there's some solutions. There's God within this. Those things present themselves to be, hmm, faith all of a sudden arises with us, right? Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So here's what I want to do today. Let's, I, I guess I want to start us off by encouraging us to take a little bit of what I'll call a, a thought inventory, or a thought audit, okay? No guilt, no shame. This will just help frame us a little bit to where we are in the process. So I want you to pull out your phones right now and bring up either a notepad that you have on your phone. I would say actually bring up the Northern Hills app. If you don't have that Northern Hills app, go into your app download, download the Northern Hills app because this is in our notes section in the notes, okay? Um, take some time to do that real quick because we're going to do this thought audit, and it'll help us, again, at least gauge a little bit where we're at. I'm just going to talk through three different categories. And we're going to try to determine how we think on a regular basis, okay? We'll call this the thought audit, like I said. So here's the first category, the first thing I want us to look at. And try to build maybe two columns. If you can't do, build two columns in your notes, again, in the Northern Hills app, this is all set up for you. But if you don't have that, just go ahead and build like sort of two lists. And the first column, the left-hand column. At the top, I want you to write the word worry. And in the right-hand column, I want you to write at the top of that the word peace. Okay, worry and peace. No judgment. We're doing a thought audit. Let's start on the left side. Are you characterized by worry? Another way to frame that is put some words like, I, I, I struggle with worried thoughts, panic, anxiety, fear. Would you say that your mind drifts towards easily what could go wrong, i.e., uh, I'm worried about the kids, I'm worried about my health, I'm worried about my family's health, I'm worried about the economy, I'm worried about where our world or the direction our world is heading, where our country just feels out of control. If that's you, just go ahead and maybe check that, that list a little bit, maybe write some other keywords down that help you frame what the worry list looks like. Now, in the peace list... Are you typically characterized by being full of peace? Yeah, things are bad. <laughs> things can be way complicated. But I just find that I cast my cares in different places. I recognize that there's some things that are really going to always be beyond my human ability to understand. 
I sense there's a presence and goodness in this world, that, that God's spirit is even in all of this, and things aren't the way I quite want it, but I feel like each day, okay, the, the one that has to have this, i.e. God, has it. Does that characterize you? What would you say if you're uttering in your thoughts? Are you more characterized by the worry column or more by the peace column as it relates to your life? Okay, a second category. Here's a second one. In the left-hand column, I want you to write down the word negative. And in the right-hand column, I want you to write the word positive down. Okay? Negative, positive. Now, here's the positive. First, do you wake up, or excuse me, the uh, negative first. Do you wake up and you find yourself maybe just critical of what the day is going to bring? Maybe critical of people, people you're going to interact with. Do you, do you believe the best or are you saying, no, it's going to be a hard day? It's going to be bad. Times are tough. Oh, I'm always so busy. There's not enough of me to go around. Or as my grandpa, and I always used to say, I'm never going to say this, but the world's going to hell in the handbasket, right? Told myself I'd never say it. I say it all the time. Okay, is that you? Or do you wake up with positivity? Positivity, okay? So that's, hey, I'm going into this day believing there's going to be some impact I have. Maybe you wake up and you're like, no, this is going to be a day that I'm glad. I have a new day. God has given me another day. Do you see circumstances where you're going to look to connect with people? And, and in that connection, you just believe that the cup's half full in those connections and what God can do. You even sense that most of the time, yeah, the, the situation that I'm leaning into is going to be difficult. But I think I'm going to learn something in that difficult situation or something's going to be overcome in that. Does that you and frame how you think? What were, where would you typify your thought life in the negative column or the positive column, okay? And third, third and last category, all right? I want you to see if your thoughts drift towards the world in a temporal level or an eternal level. Left-hand column, temporal, write that at the top. Right-hand column, right, eternal. So if you're in the temporal area, are your thoughts consumed with what you have or what you don't have? Are they consumed of with what you look like or what you don't look like? What you wear, what you drive, where you live? Who, who, who liked my posts most? How many followers do I have? What do others think about me? Is that you? Put that in the temporal. No judgment. Are you in the more eternal? Do your thoughts drift towards, hey, God's given me a life to steward. He's given me some things to use in this life, but I'm supposed to be investing those other things in other individuals, the lives of the people around me. None of this will last. All this is going to burn away. I'm not concerned about my life. What I am concerned about my life is that I want it to count, that I want it to count eternally. So what do you say characterizes your thoughts? Is it the temporal column or the eternal column? All right. After you're done with that thought audit and just thinking through that a little bit, can you see how what we think, can, it can matter way more than we even imagine, Right? What comes into our minds, it comes out in our life. No matter what we do, no matter what we have, no matter <laughs> where we live or where we travel. See, we can, I know this sounds, this sounds sort of almost a little heebie-jeebie or, or, or just a little maybe new-agey in some form, but how we think matters. 
And it can create a positive or a negative frame of mind because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So here's the $100 question that I want to just ask us this morning as we're digging into God's word and as we're going to spend time in this series. The question I want us to ask ourselves, if you believe that, if you believe our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, are you excited Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? And I just, I'm I'm just trying to be transparent, just be real with you guys. As I was doing this over the course of my own personal 2021 chaotic year, and that's just the family thing, let alone the post-COVID world and some of the losses we have, some of the things we've had to mourn, my answer was no. I wasn't encouraged with where my thoughts were directing me. The conclusion I came up with is that my thoughts were consumed with more negativity than I'd experienced in a long time. More fear than I experienced. More self-doubt. This inner dialogue, these stories would be discouraging almost to the point of different places of hopelessness. And someone here, someone online can relate to that. And so out of these several steps to change my life, to to see real change take place, this priority, part of this priority is to invite God into the renewal of my mind. Lord, renew my mind. Change the way I think. And the best way I believe that God's been doing that is to continue to go back to his truth. To continue to go back to his truth to renew my mind. And so today, we're going to lay a foundation. And again, for this series, this is where we're going. We're going to build upon this in the weeks to come. But two foundational thoughts that we're going to build upon. The first one is this. If we want to change our thinking, if we want to change the way we think and believe that that can change our lives, we're going to need to identify what's holding us back. And so write this down. We want to identify the mental stronghold that's holding us back. What's the mental stronghold that is holding us back? And and you might be asking yourself, well, what's a stronghold? What do we talk a lot about here? Again, in in being scripture-based and and being Bible-driven, one of the things we constantly talk about is this war going on, right? We're always choosing uh, between two kingdoms, And there's two kingdoms at war. These two kingdoms are distinctly different, right? One kingdom we talk about has life in it. But one kingdom is about death. One kingdom has light and one kingdom has darkness. One has truth, the other has lies. One kingdom is defined by being held hostage, by slavery. And the other kingdom is freedom. The other kingdom is defined by freedom and purpose and meaning. At times, We live, consciously or not, we allow our adversary in the dark kingdom, Satan, to have authority or position in our life. And that's where he looks to build strongholds. And strongholds are different than just sinning, okay? It's not just a sin or sinning against God. A a stronghold is when Satan takes that sin, takes that mistake, takes that thing that we want to be God in the moment, that's sin, doing something that's different than God's best for us. And it's when Satan takes it and he twists it, this this weakness in us, this moment in us, he begins twisting it and turning it into this binding knot that all of a sudden he begins to be the puppeteer over. It's something that we begin to think that is part of our lives, is what defines us. 
And so a stronghold is this spiritual battle with Satan waging war against our souls. What's the story you've told yourself for so long about who you are in your makeup that drives shame and guilt and pain and loss? That might be Satan's stronghold over you. It spirals down towards this, this sin that maybe took place in our lives, but now has become this behemoth of, of identity. And here's the thing with a stronghold. A stronghold can actually be a sin acted upon us. Okay, so like if you've been in an abusive or violent situation that was against you, that may still define you in your mind. Oh, I'm only wanted for my body. I'm only wanted for fill in the blank. And that's this stronghold that Satan has used, this instance, this thing that took place that wasn't even your fault. A stronghold can be generational sin, something that runs in the family. But regardless of where the stronghold's origin is, what we're going to learn, and I believe many of us know this, what we're going to learn is that God has the authority and victory over Satan's hold on us. He has victory and authority over that stronghold. So I'm just asking, what's the biggest mental stronghold that's holding you back? You may think over and over again, I'm not good enough. You may think over and over again, I'm always going to battle with my weight. I'm never going to break this addiction. I'm never going to be good with money. I'm never going to have these relationships that I can let in and, and feel fully loved because every relationship just eventually breaks down. Some of us in the dating scene, right? I only date psychos. What's going on? Like, what is this about my life? But it's this stronghold, right? And if you're finding yourself identifying yourself through those negative thoughts, what I want us to do, what I want all of us to do is embrace the reality that our negative thoughts, what's going on is this chemical makeup in how God's made us. It's, it's how our brain is. But we can change the way we think. See, the reason is that our thoughts, this is, this is all science and God created science, so this is, this is how this all works. It's, it creates this neurochemical change in your body when you have positive or negative thoughts. See, when you think a positive thought, you get a reward. And it's this reward in our neurotransmitters. They release a very legal <laughs> and very, very exciting drug. What's it called? Many of us know here because we know science. It's called dopamine. That's what happens in your brain when you have a positive thing that takes place. You get this hit. You get this buzz. You get this thrill. So let's say like someone you respect a ton. Uh, someone you look up to a ton, they make a comment on a post you had in Instagram or Facebook. Bing! You get some dopamine, right? Someone says, bless up, queen. Your hair looks good. Bing! Dopamine. Jenny sends me a text, come home soon, and does the wink face emoji. Bing! Dopamine, right? These are, these are these positive surges of release in our brains. And what's so interesting, the more you think a thought, science will tell us that it's easier to think that thought again. Once you do that, you're literally creating neural pathways in your brain, literally billions of neural pathways in your brain. And the more often you think the thought, the more connection is there. It's easier to think that thought again. And before long, whatever we've been thinking becomes the default thought. 
So that's in the positive tone, but do you see how that can also flip the script when it's a stronghold? When it's something that's a lie, you believe the story, you believe the false story you've been telling yourself for so long, it starts to impact your life as if that lie were true. The false story becomes the true one, and you get stuck in a rut. Just picture this for a second. If I were to walk in my front yard, and I were to just pave a path, walk back and forth, back and forth in my yard consistently for a hundred days straight, what would happen in the front of my yard? What would I create? I'd create a path, right? Maybe a hundred days straight. Maybe I'd create this, this rut almost. But I'd create this path, and for a hundred days straight, if I were to think on a lie... If I were to start to believe that lie, what I've done is I've created this path, this neural pathway through my brain. And so what we want to do is we want to create, with God's help, we want to create and renew our minds. We've, we've got to get away from the old path, though. And so if I stay off the path for 100 days, what happens? In my front yard, that grass grows back. If I stay off that beaten down trodden path, that grass is going to grow back. All of a sudden it becomes a little harder to walk across because the grass is buttoned up against my feet. It's not this just worn down area. There's more resistance. It's not as easy to walk. And I've forged a new path. If we start believing God's truth over the lies, we're going to forge new neural pathways. And ultimately, that can be the thing that sets us free. And that's science. And God created science. And that's God's word. Because Paul says it this way in Romans 12 too, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. And then, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good and pleasing and perfect. Another way to say that is don't be conformed to wrong thinking. Stop doing the beaten path of your life. Paul's saying, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by creating new pathways. We're going to stay off those destructive, negative paths we're creating. We're going to create new paths of truth. And I don't know how that's going to play out in your life. I'm obviously, I've shared with you a little bit in spots where that's playing out in my life. But maybe, maybe a common place for you, and I know where I've been, is you come home from work. And you've had a crazy day. Your spouse has also had a crazy day. They've been with the kids, let's say. They were with the kids after they got home with work and something went wrong with the kids. And so you come home and your wife immediately walked through the door, or your spouse, I'm sorry, Jenny, wherever you are, right? Maybe your wife says something, your spouse says something, you come in, and, and again, they just say all of that stress that they've been holding on to and they just say something. And it's the something that sort of touches your buttons because there's nothing like a spouse that knows how to, I do the same thing, you right? You can hit those buttons. Well, I'll tell you what, the old pathway would be about I start yelling or I start wanting to create that fight because of that thing that was meant for maybe a dig or at least in the story I told myself it was meant for a dig and here we go. But what if we created a new pathway? What if before I even walked into the door, I stopped in the car and for 10 seconds... 
or 100 seconds or 3,000 seconds, <laughs> took a moment to pray. You say, God, I don't, know, I don't know what the days look like. I sort of got an impression through a phone call earlier. It seems like things are, just help me. And so then I walk in, and all of a sudden, I'm a little bit more prepped. And all of a sudden, that new pathway, I look at my wife. She says the thing, and I just walk up, and I hug her. I say, I'm sorry, babe. I'm really sorry you had a crummy day. And I don't try to fix it. Don't try to fix it, guys. I don't try to fix it. I just hug her. I say, I'm really sorry you had a crummy day. What if we started the new path? And instead of walking to the freezer when I'm stressed... Instead of walking to the freezer when I'm questioning my identity and when I'm having a rough thing, instead of that 9 p.m. freezer walk, <laughs> and, and not eating just part of the ice cream, but all of the ice cream, okay? Eating all of the ice cream. I'm telling someone else's story. This isn't mine. <laughs> what if we just instead walked out the front door? Maybe went on a little walk to the mailbox. It's a few hundred steps away walked back bing dopamine i feel a little good about that i got a little exercise just in that moment right maybe some adrenaline that started bing positive thought i, I didn't go after the freezer what if you're bored and all you do is scroll through instagram and you're looking at somebody else's life and what they're doing and how much fun they're having and why didn't they invite me what's going on here and you get down on yourself and you start feeling bad. What if that new pathway was just scrolling into a Bible app saying, I have been worried or I have been concerned. I'm just going to find a, 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 a walkthrough of what God's word says. I'm going to find a, a plan that's four or five days. And I'm going to look at day one and just see what day one has. And you start digging a little. And it's just a new neural pathway you're building. See, to think differently, we've got to forge new paths in our brains because the way we've walked back and forth in the lies that we've been given and maybe the stronghold that the enemies have, it's not working. We've got to stay off the old one. And the more that weakens, it's harder to think those same thoughts again. So here's what I want us to do. This is the, where the rubber meets the road, our assignment for this week. We're going to need to identify the biggest mental stronghold currently in our life. No, I'm not asking you 73 strongholds, okay? I get it. <laughs> we may have a list. What rises to the top? Right now, God is speaking to your heart. What is the biggest mental stronghold holding us back? Start with one. And you might battle this idea that, again, I'm just not lovable or I'm never going to be fill in the blank. I'm always going to be fill in the blank, right? Maybe you feel hopeless, helpless, worthless. Just identify the one stronghold. Name it. We have to name it. Write this down. If we don't name it, you cannot defeat what you don't define. You can't defeat what you don't define. So you may just try to land in this, well, there's 70-some, Brandon, and so on. No, take time, have a conversation with God, and name what that one thing is rising to the top. Identify the biggest stronghold. That's the first part of the assignment. And so the second part of our assignment is that we're going to name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. Because God's word has something on that stronghold. I promise you. God's word <laughs> before time was always going to be the truth that matters most to us. 
Some think of this as just sort of a, a clever saying. Jesus is the one that said this, John 8, 32. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. That's, that's Jesus. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Does the truth matter? It does. The truth does matter, because here's what the truth does. It, it sets us free, but it, it puts the lie into its own bondage. <laughs> Because the lies become our spiritual bondage. Some of us, we're living this life that's based on a lie. But if we begin to know the truth, it reframes things. And the truth begins to set us free. And some of us right now, we don't think we have what it takes. Or some of us right now, we're not living the life that God really wants for our life. And it's because we're stuck. It's because we're in the rut. And we're in the beaten down path. But we'll know, when we know the truth, Jesus will set us free. And scripture says it this way. Apostle Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. What do we take captive? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Whatever the stronghold is that's holding us prisoner, what do we do? We take it. We demolish the arguments and every pretension. Why? Because we're going to take it captive to the knowledge of God. We're going to take that thing captive. I love this. The Greek term that's translated take captive, it's a term... That means to attack. And it actually means to attack with a sword or a spear. I love this. Because when we talk about how our weapons aren't weapons that the world uses, that we wage war against the spiritual enemy against, how many of us are drawn, maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, that's okay, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Because Ephesians chapter 6 tells us about the spiritual armor. And here's what we know about the spiritual armor. What do we have? In the spiritual armor, we have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness, right? We have the shield of faith. We have the belt of truth. We have the shoes that are preparing the way for the gospel, paving the way for this readiness of peace. What are all of those pieces of armor? Those are for defense. But what's the offensive weapon we're given? You remember the offensive weapon we're given? It's called the sword of the spirit. It's the word of God. That's what we go on offense with. The truth set forth with the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which sets us free, which gives us powerful living which builds and forms a new path. The, the, the word of God, which is sharper than any double-edged sword that cuts away the lies of the enemy, that cuts away these strains of bondage, this spiritual bondage, this stronghold that's dictated our life for as long as we can remember. We fight with the sword of the Spirit. So what is the dominant lie that our spiritual enemy has used to try to destroy you, to try to defeat you, that's robbed you of intimacy in your relationships, that's robbed you of intimacy with your God? You cannot defeat what you don't define. So let's name it. Let's name that thing. 
And then here's the assignment. Again, how we are going to break that with truth. <laughs> you know what that means? Well, Brandon, how do I find the truth that combats my worry? How do I, how do I <laughs> defeat the truth? Or how do, I, how do I use God's truth to defeat the lie, excuse me, of, of fear? To defeat the lie of me hating myself? What do I do? Where do I find that? This is going to wow you. This is going to blow your mind. Your assignment this week, Google it. Seriously. Are you kidding me? We are like a touch away from information that was so well beyond us. And isn't it interesting that we'll go ahead and pick up our phone to get all kinds of data on all kinds of worthless things. But what it's a tip away for us is what does the Bible say about worry? What does the scripture say about fear? What does scripture say about hating myself? Go Google it. And I promise you, God's not only going to identify one scripture. There's going to be a number of scriptures. But what I do also promise you is that God is going to draw you towards one scripture that speaks so closely to your heart that you're going to want to write down, that you're going to want to memorize, you're going to be able to say over and over again in your head because it's the way that scripture speaks to you as an individual and how God's made you. Go Google the truth that combats the lie that you've been telling yourself. That's our assignment this week. And we're going to continue on as we go through this series. If you online or you here in person have told yourself the lie that God would not want relationship with me. I'm here to tell you that that is a story you've been telling yourself. God so loves you. God so wants a relationship with you. And if today is the day that you want to start just changing the way you think about that, I would ask you to pray this prayer silently in your heart as I pray it out. Would you guys pray with me? God, whew, this morning I just... There's something in me that's speaking that you want this relationship with me. That you have truth in my life that's looking to set me free. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. Jesus, I recognize that you came to this broken place to save the world. And it's only through your death, it's only through your resurrection that I can have. God, would you pave a new way for me, a new path for me? I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in what your word says to frame the way I think, to frame the way I act. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. So come into my life and change it from the inside out. I invite you. I ask you to do that today. It's in your great name I pray. All God's saints said. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, God is ready to start that new relationship. We have a Bible for you. That's the true transformation. Get a Bible in your hands. Please share that with somebody you came with. Share that. Post it online. Say, hey, I prayed that prayer. We want to get a Bible in your hands wherever you're at. If you made that decision today, there is a party going on in heaven. Welcome to the family. We are so excited for what God is going to show you and for the rest of us that have started that relationship.
Let's just ask God, God, yeah, just help us this week to define the mental stronghold. Help us to name it, God. Help us to name that very thing. And help us to combat it with the sword of the Spirit, your word, that defeats that, Lord. Point us in the right directions this week. Speak to our hearts. We're going to trust you as we try to change the way we think, Lord. We know that's you and through the power of your word that will transform us. God, give us victory this morning. Give us victory in your great name. We pray this. Great name of Jesus. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.